0: Hi, my name is Joe Shufo, and welcome to Genesis Tech Talks in 20, a podcast designed to better your customer experience in 20 minutes with Genesis experts. I am so excited to share today's podcast with you. We were joined by Jack Nichols, the VP of Product Management for Genesis Cloud, and we went over a few things, but we started with the idea of what is open platform, and how does that surface up in terms of integrations? We had a lot of questions for Jack around, where do I start, is this expensive, and Is it just way too complex for me to get started on this process? Jack really hit on the notion of steps to success, not leapfrogging and doing everything with one big switch. So I hope you enjoyed today. I'm so excited to share that with you. So sit back and listen and enjoy the podcast. Today, I have Jack Nichols joining us on the podcast. Jack, it is so great to have you on here. The first question I want to start off with is, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how it's enabled you to really excel where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Joe. It's always fun to work with you. So my background, actually, I come around into product through lots of different avenues. You know, I started off as a technologist at ETrade.com during the great trading days and the great dot-com days and actually moved into a company where I actually started doing infrastructure and focusing on telephony systems actually. Okay. And that's actually what led me to a company called Interactive Intelligence at the time where I came in to run operations but got really involved with customers and contracts and understanding how do we grow that business? You know, today it's called Peer Connect Cloud and you know, I got to see it grow from about a $3 million business to a $130 million business and wow. you know, had all the great scars and learned a lot of great lessons. And then you know, when we decided to start Peer Cloud. Our CEO at the time, Don Brown, brought a bunch of us over to become the SWAT team to figure out how do we launch this new product? How do we take it to market? How do we do everything but the development work? Okay. And during that time, we got to wear lots of different hats, and we got to do things from field enablement to marketing to traveling around the world and meeting with customers to understand their needs. And it really started giving me the full vision and the full picture. And as we continued to grow that product, I grew into you know, running a, what we call our open platform product team. Uh, It's a very nebulous topic. I know when I say open platform (laughs) and might not know what that means, but really it allowed me to understand what I enjoyed, got to hear a lot of
0: customers and then got to see how do we take this forward? What do customers actually need to solve their business problems? Yeah. And so the term open platform, I think one, it's such an important topic, but we see this today with artificial intelligence, even omni-channel and contact centers. Cloud. (laughs) Yeah. Cloud. The (laughs) cloud. these, These terms are so umbrella that Where do we start? What do you think of, or how would you land open platform as a definition?
1: I agree. I always joke that open platform is like a horoscope. It can mean (laughs) anything however you look at it. You know, the way we look at open platform really is really in three main buckets. So we look at it as how do we create a platform from a developer perspective that allows developers to take the different components of our platform and extend them beyond what it's actually supposed to do. You know, you think about when we talk in product, we talk about use cases. You know, and there's a lot of folks that can take those right out of the box But they need some sort of way to expand those and to customize them for their business. And so we build these developer interfaces. We also look at integrations. You know, there's lots of systems today, IT teams, and there's usually 15, 20 different systems they have that have customer information and all that's great information. And so integrations have continued to become a very, very important part about automating, getting data rich pieces, you know, hyper personalization that we talk about in our market. And it's such a core component of that. You know, and then we have for us, we have what we call our marketplace, which is how do people actually consume those things if you're not a developer? Because that's a very important part is not only developers and systems admins want to do things, but if you're not a developer, how do you consume those components of the actual innovation that we put out?
0: Okay, so if we were to narrow in on one first and we look at, let's just say integrations in this case, accessing the APIs on the developer side, I think for a lot of businesses, there's that fear of where do I start? Is that something you see quite a bit? And do you have any advice around that as a topic? I see, yeah, I
1: see that across almost every part of the platform a lot of times. I yeah. hear it all the time of we have this great vision, this great ambition to do X, but we have no idea how to start. And a lot of companies get stuck in that analysis paralysis. They try yeah. to build these big, grandiose plans, and then they're not sure really, really, where. how do I take it forward? How do I move it forward? And I was actually just, you know, I met with a customer, and I was talking with them about, to me, it's just like I'm training right now for a marathon. You know, it's my 40th birthday this year, and I said I'm going to challenge myself to do something I've never done. Now, I don't just wake up and go, I'm going to run a marathon, because if (laughs) I did that, most likely I'd end up in the hospital. (laughs) But, you know, it's about, you know, getting up and doing little pieces at a time. And I use that analogy because we do that all the time in our own lives. But that's exactly how, you know, when you build out these complex systems, it really is. It's about taking little chunks at a time. It's about doing little pieces that ultimately that thousand steps lead you to getting to the marathon. Versus you know, saying, oh, we're gonna build this grandiose plan, we're gonna build this Taj Mahal. No, we're gonna build these pieces, and when we're done, we're gonna have a Taj Mahal, not you know, thinking, oh okay. my gosh, how do I do this?
0: So I love, I love that analogy. I also love that you're bringing up the idea of, at the end, this is what you're left with. And I think one thing I see personally is a lot around bots. We've talked about that in the past, but the notion of people think of it as a light switch, that you turn it on, it knows everything, it's ready to go. And even today, when we look at voice bots, It has to be low latency. You have to pull in data and react quickly. Uh, When you look at things like bots, are you seeing customers use integrations and open platform concepts to do a better job? Any examples around how they've started small? Yeah, Yeah, no, I think you're completely right. You know, we
1: hear a lot of people about horrible bot experiences. And I think to your point, they thought, oh, I'm just going to turn this on and magically, boom, I've leapfrogged and I'm amazing (laughs) and I've solved all these problems. And it's really about how do I start small? How do I add some additional logic? How do I capture the use cases I'm missing? You know, there's a really good example of a uh, financial services company I work with where one of their engineers actually, so it wasn't even one of their contact center providers, one of the engineers was talking to someone about how do they manage compliance. They were getting these requests for, hey, I need to do a fraud detection. I need to look into it. And he happened to be interested in bots, so he started playing around with Amazon Lex. And he built a small bot, and they started testing it. And then he continued to iterate on it. And, you know, after eight, nine months, all of a sudden, they have this bot that's doing tens of thousands of interactions with customers every week that didn't start off as this big, grandiose plan. It started off as this little, we have a problem to solve. Someone said, I want to try to solve this problem with different technology. And then they just iterated their way through it. You know, and they're getting ready to add some more languages here shortly. And now, all of a sudden, they have this really nice bot experience that solved a business problem. But it started off very small, and it just continued to iterate. And I think that's where a lot of people with bots specifically can sometimes get caught up and they think that I'm just gonna turn this baby on and it's gonna yeah. work and it's gonna deflect all these calls. And that's not actually you know, what you're trying to do. Ultimately, you're trying to figure out what's the outcome I wanna drive for my customers and the business use case I wanna solve. Now, how do I apply technology such as bot technology to that?
0: Okay, so leading with the, what are we trying to solve? How can we get there slowly? What about when we start to think in terms of maybe going outside of bots, but getting this information in one place? Uh, Do you see the same, would you say, with pulling in from different systems and leveraging that when it comes to having a good contact center and and reacting to the customers that are calling in? Absolutely.
1: You know, one of the biggest things I've heard over and over probably in the last three months meeting with tons of customers is data cleanliness Mm. and data, you know, validation and data integrity. It's a huge issue. You know, and a lot of them are trying to put together master data programs and all these big pieces and they're trying to get corporate buy-in and corporate even allocation of funds to be able to do it. And there's a lot of little pieces. You know, I was just walking, working with a customer and we said, look, we know the data is not clean, but let's go ahead and hook it in anyway. Building an integration is really not that hard. People think that it's very hard. Yeah. You know, we've done things to make it easier, but we have an open interface again so that customers can integrate into any system. And I said, all we need to do is be able to pull that data. And now when we get six records for the same phone number, Let's make sure we pass it over to the agent. Let's have them choose which one's the correct one after talking to the customer. Now let's put a flag that flags those other five as duplicate data. And so we're going to build, uh-huh. we're working with them to build this self-cleaning process where it's, hey, we don't have to go through a big corporate initiative. We don't have to go buy all these big systems. We're going to go ahead and leverage the agents. We've already paid for their brain power, paying for their information for them to give a good customer experience. And so we're using them to actually clean up the data as we go. And again, it was something where, you know, talking with this customer for me, you know, now my background again in technology and everything, it seems very simple and they were just very confused. Where do we start? How do we do this? And then we said, it's as easy as this. I mean, we literally built, you know, the logic while we were sitting at the table talking about it (laughs) and they were just blown away by that. And now they're going through, I mean, there's pieces to operationalize it, you know, they're going to train their agents in those pieces. So I don't want to underplay that it does take some effort, but it's just a little step. So this is step one in that process of getting the technology that can flag it. Step two is they're gonna do a human process improvement with their agents to make sure that they flag this data. Step three is now having their data analysts go through and review those flagged accounts and clean up the data every week. And now, you know, these little steps are all of a sudden in magic in a couple months, we're hoping, yeah. will all of a sudden make them have a great data repository that's very solid, accurate, and now allows them to do a lot more unique things when it comes to their customer engagement because now they have clean data to actually take actions to proactively talk to that customer to understand maybe why they're calling.
0: That is a really good story because I've seen in customer visits, uh, actually this one was two years ago. We went there and they weren't doing any sort of CRM pop. So when that call or that interaction comes in, it wasn't presenting who that person was to the agent. And they told me, that they had some work to do on their end around cleaning the CRM with duplicate data. And so funny because a year later we went back and they still hadn't gotten it done. And it was one of those moments where I realized the problem had become a task that now became something that was unobtainable, it was scary. But you're saying we can literally get better at it by just doing it.
1: It's like cleaning your house.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know, if you ever watch Hoarders, I
1: mean, (laughs) you look at that and you're like, oh my gosh. You know, and yeah, it takes some time to clean. But you know, if you're cleaning every week, yeah all of a sudden your house stays clean. You don't have this pileup of garbage, so to speak, in the corner, you know, either you know, data-wise or <laughs> reality-wise if you watch Hoarders. You know, and it's really just about taking those small steps that change that. You know, I always hear, again, I talked about this earlier, I hear people talk about this idea of leapfrog. To me, yeah. it's like the same concept of overnight success. I mean, how many times do we hear overnight success? Yeah. And then you learn about the 10 years they took to become that overnight success. Well, companies that quote-unquote leapfrog, if you actually break it down, they're not leapfrogging in a matter of a day, in a matter of a year. They're adding all these little pieces up. And over time, these pieces continue to compound. The efficiencies they get compound. The uh, the productivity they get improves. And all of a sudden, everyone goes, wow, look at this leapfrog. And it was, again, it was this journey of a thousand steps. Just like running a marathon. I don't just run out the door and do it. I just do these little pieces one at a time. And all of a sudden now... Two years later, everyone thinks I'm a genius and leapfrogged (laughs) and I made all these technical innovations when it's really just, you know, we've sat to those things of making those little changes and incrementally getting better every day.
0: Okay. So being purposeful with the steps you're taking. Yes, that is very important, being purposeful. And so when we look at things like, I think the next question almost is maintenance. And you bring this up, taking those small steps. When we look at maintenance, I see a lot with customers that they're worried about taking on these new initiatives and how it works in their daily workflow. Would you suggest the same, that you take this on slowly and make sure that you adapt with it as you start to get better? Yeah, definitely.
1: I mean, I think if you try to look at it holistically, you make assumptions. And you've had no data to prove or disprove those assumptions at that point. You're doing little iterative steps, just like A-B testing. Now you're getting the data. You're starting to figure out, what do we need to make this successful? Is this really as much overhead as we thought? Or maybe it's more overhead than we thought. You know, and maybe we need to put open up a rack in our next budgeting cycle to be able to handle this. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that you start to learn those pieces, too. And I'm seeing some contact centers uh, and customers I've talked to that are starting to adapt that. And it's interesting because now it's starting to drive their staffing models for the following year because they're starting to see what works, what doesn't work. How do I maintain this? Where should I continue to invest more? And I'm seeing some resource shift and how they actually look at some of these pieces and how they want to go about staffing that customer engagement and what they're trying to build.
0: So not only are we bettering the customer experience, we're bettering the decisions we're making by microtesting in a way and and taking on these small loads of work. Yeah. Okay. Just go back to science
1: class. You know, I have a thesis and I need to test my, you know, my thesis, my hypothesis and see if it's true or not. Yeah. You know, in some of these cases, that's what I think companies don't do up front is they don't go test those. They don't do little pieces to see. Yeah, you know, they just they put it on a big deck, it looks great. They do the PowerPoint presentations, they try to get the the big budget to do the big boom, you know, because yeah. I mean, that's what excites people. I mean, we all get excited about those kind of pieces. If I say I'm going to go run tomorrow, that doesn't really change me to, you know, a day later. Yeah. But you know, people sit there and go, Oh, there's a pill that makes me lose 20 pounds in a week. <laughs> you know, they want that.
0: But, you know, it's really those small little pieces that actually make the big difference. Uh, it's actually it's funny. I remember when I first started working out. One of the things I tried was kettlebells. It was cheap. You could bring it places. And the first day I did like 500 swings. So the kettlebell was cheap, but the chiropractor was expensive. (laughs) And it's one of those moments if I had just tried slowly, maybe I would have learned I'm not quite ready, but this was a good limit to start with. Lesson learned. So I think we're seeing that today too. The last thing I want to bring up around this idea of maybe the objections that customers have, and you've hinted to this a few times, is complexity. So taking it on slowly means you're not hitting all of the complexity at once. But I wonder for customers that have never had maybe a competency around IT, how would you suggest tackling complexity around integrations? I know you hinted towards things like an app foundry that we have as well.
1: To me, when you look at it, a large system, it's always going to look complex. But yeah. when you dig down and you go to small pieces, it becomes less complex. Even I'll go back to we were talking about bots earlier. You know, I was talking with a customer and some customers will look and say, I got to build this big bot that does everything. Yeah. And, you know, I try to advise them completely opposite. No, build what I call micro bots. You know, just build little bots that do little things that you can start to hook together so that yeah. they start to accomplish tasks. And, you know, it's, it's much like that when it comes to integration. Don't look at it as I've got to build this big thing at once and I've got to figure out all these pieces. It's what am I trying to accomplish? What are the little pieces and little things I can do? to start me on that path, to get me through that path and to help me learn along that. Because again, if I try to project out two years, you know, no one's a fortune teller. If we were, then we, you know, would all be making millions of dollars off the stock market, <laughs> you know, but you can kind of have an idea where I want to go and what I want to do. And then you can start to test those pieces along and you'll get to that right path. You know, you'll really start to get there. You know, our App Foundry marketplace that, you know, is growing leaps and bounds right now, started off as a hackathon project. Oh, wow. It started off as a group of us that said, hey, we see a need after talking to customers of saying, hey, we want these integrations, but we don't don't have the resources to build them. We want these pieces. And we said, well, let's, you know, we do company hackathons in our group every uh, six months. And so we said, let's get a small team that's interested in these things. And we built a hackathon version of it. And then we kind of put it as a side project because it was never like an official funded project of the company where we did a big slide deck and said we have to do this, this, this and invest millions of dollars is more of let's try these little iterative steps. And all of a sudden, you know, the marketplace has grown from a few apps to hundreds of apps. And had we tried to go full blown three years ago, we would have made a lot of mistakes that we've learned from along the path. You know, we've yeah. made these things. We've learned pieces. We're still learning pieces. We're still saying Let's try this out. Let's test this. Let's see what people think. Will customers like this? Will partners like this? You know, how do we manage and support this effectively? And it's just about trying these little thesis and iterative steps of how do we move this forward? And then all of a sudden, you know, I was talking to a company the other day and talked about our marketplace of going from a hackathon project to, you know, last year, we've got 400 customers now using apps from the marketplace. And they're like, oh, my gosh, you guys just built this new marketplace. You leapfrogged within the industry. No one else is doing this. Yeah. And, again, I I, I pull back to that. It was just small little steps, a thousand steps over the course of three years that makes it look like we just had this great, grandiose idea. Yeah. But it was just little pieces that all of a sudden led to this true innovation and listening to our customers that got us to this point that it's become a, a really good you know,
0: wheelhouse for us and has become a great place to get innovation and those pieces. So I think that's a success story that we can model from too. If I think about customers today that are looking to leverage integrations, and there's a few ways on the open platform side around maybe embedding in a CRM or pulling in bots, would you suggest that when it comes to the way they service that to agents, they start smaller as well? So they try these things out, get feedback and see, do we want to go forward all with this? Or do we just want to try out uh, potentially screen-popping a contact and starting small there? Yeah, I think that you, you know, for me, I always like to have testers. Yeah. You know, and
1: everything I do, even when, you know, from a product perspective, going back to my day-to-day job, Yeah. you know, we like to talk to customers. We like to take mock-ups. We like to take design thoughts to them and get feedback. I've seen a lot of contact centers, and I've advised a few of them lately, to think about having a product manager when it comes to your contact center. Oh. And, okay, we have this idea how we want to do screen pops. Let's model it. Let's go take it to some of our core constituent agents and supervisors and get their feedback. What do they like? What don't they like? What's going to help them? What's going to hurt them, you know, even in those cases? And I think this iterative approach and working through that and working with your agents even, you know, rather than I think we all think of the legacy contact centers of the 70s and 80s where it's a top-down mentality and it's pushed, it's more of now, how do I actually collaborate with that front line? How do I work with them? How do I treat them as my consumer's, from a business perspective and get their feedback on what do they like that I'm trying, what don't they like, what's gonna improve the day-to-day, and actually take that and then use that to iterate and to
0: implement throughout the organization. So that's really interesting. Instead of this being birthed from IT solely, or instead of this just being a business goal and they might not understand the IT side of it, do you see more of a feedback loop where you have someone pushing this from, okay, we need this from an IT standpoint, I needs mean, from a business standpoint let's make sure it's going right on both sides i see that starting to emerge i'll say forward looking companies where yeah. they're starting you know i've talked
1: to four or five large companies now where they are putting product managers in there now they're trying to look at it as what's the business use case what's the outcome i'm trying to drive yeah. and then using that person to help drive that across the different pieces of the organization versus to your point historically it's been a lot of it chose this phone system and this is how we're going to do versus now it's a collaboration of saying okay we have a product manager that's going to look at our customer experience or customer journey and now they're going to be collaborating with it with the contact center with some of the other business elements within the organization to say here's what we want to drive here's what we need to do and then working with their counterparts in each of those groups to say here's what we need to do to make the holistic outcome okay. achievable
0: so that's neat. The idea of these purposeful integrations are driving the people you reach out to. And it may not be bring the entire company together every single time, rather let's bring those involved try this out, and make sure it's yeah. done right. Go back to the uh, two pizza rule of Amazon, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the amount of times I've seen
1: meetings where, you know, you got more than people than two pizzas will feed and, you know, a lot of great ideas
0: and thoughts and then they don't go anywhere. Yeah. So the sad part is is if that meeting was 2 years ago, it would have just been a meeting with myself. <laughs> As we look forward, I think a big question a lot of people that are listening to this today is, where do I go next? And this is something I was really excited to talk to you about. But are there resources that you suggest for customers or prospects to take a look when they think about open platform and integrations with Genesis Cloud? Yeah, I mean, the standard ones
1: are we have a developer center. Yeah. We have a resource center. And there's a lot of great information out there. And there's a lot of great things to start dabbling with. You know, we also love to hear feedback from customers. How do we make these things more you know, available and how do we expose what customers can do? And we're looking at different ways to do that here in the future, but those are two great resources to get started and look at what people are doing. Uh, We have some blogs on the developer center that actually, you know, are more tutorials on, Hey, how do I get started small? Let me give me a few small examples. For example, there's one on using a bot to do some basic call steering or basic SMS steering. Uh, You're very familiar. That was our ghostbusters bot from last year (laughs) at experience 19. Yeah. So there's some good stuff there. We've got some more material coming out and then, you know, I'm, yeah, you know, there's a lot of great books that start talking about how you bring these pieces in. You know, Lean Startups is a great book okay. that I tell a lot of folks to take a look at. But there's one on product management, and it's really a good book about you know how do you bring people together, how do you look at the
0: problems, and how do you solve them more effectively as a as a company. So yeah, you've even got some blogs that are on the Developer Center that I've actually had customers reach out to us about and say they really liked, it. and it was the notion of if I wanted to build a bot, how do I even get started with that? You go through the the step by step process. And those that are even more technical listening to us, well, they can test all the APIs and see this in action too on their own. So there's a lot of gradient there where you can go from, I wanna build this on my own to I just wanna get started and see what it's like to drive this out.
1: Yeah, and that's definitely one of our goals and challenges as an open platform yeah. you know, team within Genesis is how do we handle everything from the deep developer that would just wants to jump in and play with the API yeah. to the business manager of the contact center who says, I know the business problem I want to solve, but I need something to solve that. So we try to look across the board and say, how do we build content that can make all of them happy, whether it's tutorials on the APIs with our dev focus, whether it's more at foundry pieces and kind of business use cases and how to build them. And so we're trying to figure out how to balance that out and love to hear from customers all the time on how we continue making that better. Because that, again, we're all about iteration and small steps, and we always want to know how do we make things better
0: for our customers. I love that. And I think even the things that we're putting in the show notes for this podcast, it goes along those lines of webinars that we've done to make it simple or the tools. If you want to go out and really try this and dig in, if you're a developer, what tools you have available to you to go on your own. One question I do have for you as we end this today, I like to ask everyone, is there something in your personal tech stack? could be an application, could be a device that you cannot live without.
1: Yeah. And, and there is. So especially now that I'm uh, trying to train for a marathon is uh, Audible is one of my favorite apps. If you're sitting on a treadmill for an hour because it's cold here in Indiana (laughs) running, uh, your brain can wonder. And I love listening to books from Audible. Actually, I love Malcolm Gladwell. I'm I'm almost finished with his new book, uh, Talking to Strangers. Great book. I mentioned some stuff earlier. There was a book I just finished last month. So my goal is to do at least one book a month uh, this year. That's my personal goal. And last month, I listened to one called Loon Shots, which was all about innovation and companies and how companies innovate both from a product and a business strategy perspective. And it was a great book. And so got to have my Audible or else, you know,
0: (laughs) my brain will wonder too much. Okay. So for those listening, we've got a great companion of definitely start with this podcast and then check out those books afterward. Yeah, fantastic. Jack, I can't thank you enough for being on today. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Joe. I appreciate it. So for those listening, thank you so much for joining us and be sure to check out our resources in the bottom of the page. And don't forget to click subscribe so you can listen to the rest of the podcast that we've got coming to you around bettering your customer experience. Thanks so much.